Welcome to the Crushing Cashflow Podcast, where we share phenomenal advice and dozens of decades of wisdom from investors and entrepreneurs of all types and all stages of their journeys. We'll cover many forms of cash flowing assets, such as real estate, stock investing, entrepreneurship, and general finance guidance. Listen in and learn from those who are crushing it out there, as well as those who have been crushed by business or their investments. Now, here's your host, Andrew Shutsky. Welcome back to Crushing Cashflow. As usual, it's Andrew Shutsky here with you guys. And with me today is Quentin D'Souza. Quentin, a little bit of background about him, is an award-winning real estate investor and a trusted authority in real estate and all things investing, really. His company, Apple World Homes, uses the buy, fix, refinance, and rent strategy and long-term rentals around, all around uh, Canada, especially Ontario area. And he also uses joint venture partnerships to create win-win relationships on apartment building purchases. He owns a real estate portfolio in excess of $80 million in assets under management across Canada. Has transacted in, in throughout Canada and U.S. and over 80 properties since 2004. So he's been in the game quite a while. Uh, we're lucky to have him on the show. Uh, and lastly, and probably most importantly, is that he's an author of several books, one of which I had the opportunity. He sent me a free copy of it, which is really great. It's called The Action Takers Real Estate uh, Guide Investing Planner. So we'll talk about that in a bit. But first and foremost, Quentin, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for joining Oh, thanks for having me. Really appreciate you taking the time to uh, connect with me. And, uh, you know, I, I just want to share a little bit about my journey and, you know, how other people can get involved in real estate investing and why they should, you know. That's what it's all about. Uh, so you've had, I mean, it's, it's always great to talk about, we've had people on the show with just getting started on their first deal, on their first duplex. And you've got, you know, people that are well, well progressing in their career, like yourself, you've had a lot of success in your belt. You've rubbed that boys with some very wealthy PPM people, I'm sure, throughout the years. You know, let's talk about habits of the ultra successful and getting into the right habits and things like that. What have you seen? You know, that are constant, are consistent themes from ultra successful people. What have you seen from them? What would you share with people? Uh, well, one thing would be uh, like having a, a long-term mindset, like uh, not just a short-term transactional mindset. I think that makes uh, for a big difference for large like net worth gains. Um, you know, uh, you don't like, you see people who have succeeded with, um, you know, a, a different kind of mentality, which is more of an abundance mentality. There's more than enough out there. It's more like bringing people along for the, for the journey as well. A really good book that I would suggest that is kind of along the, the this theme is called, um, the top 10 distinctions between millionaires and the middle class. It's by uh, Keith Cameron Smith. I put it along the same lines as like um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad uh, from wow. like, uh, um, a concept perspective, which everybody kind of quotes. Uh, and I think this is one of those, if you're thinking about the, you know, uh, wealth practices and mindset pieces that there's a whole bunch in there that are, are really useful. And it's, it's a book that I give my kids actually. So my kids are 17 and 14 now, and they've already read they've read rich dad and they've read this book and i consider those as the like the fundamentals kind of getting them going yeah i agree i mean it's it's funny my kids are only six and soon to be eight and now i'm wondering like is now too soon do i start reading it to them before they can really read all the chapters <laughs> maybe books on audiobooks <laughs> yeah it's a good point. I mean, they might they might not have the interest quite yet, but maybe in a couple of years. So, so you mentioned the long term mindset. What does that mean to you? I mean, does it mean making sacrifices now? Does it mean you know playing the five ten year game, not trying to do get rich get rich quick? What does that mean to you? 
Well, I mean, really, when I, I started investing in 2004, but I like for the first four years, I was pretty scared. I only did one transaction and that, that was about it. Right. And and then we, we sold it in 2008. Um, so what, what ended up happening was in 2008, I really started to scale and get more into rental properties. So we were buying three or four a year in 2008 and I continued doing that about 2013. Um, and that was like single family homes to one to four unit properties. And, and by 2013, I, I, I could leave my job um, as a teacher. So I was a, a public school teacher. Um, you know, I, I have a master's in ed. I, um, you know, I have my principal qualifications. So I was going to go down that path. Between 2008 and 2013, I would, I would like to say that I had like three jobs. I felt like I had three jobs. I was really busy, like at work. And then in the evenings, I would be uh, working on my real estate portfolio. And then, um, you know, uh, as soon as I came back from work and then told my kids went to sleep, I was like a family dad, right? We're doing like uh, soccer games and uh, hockey and baseball, right? So there was a lot of that in between. I had, uh, you know, I, I really, you know, was burning candles at the both, both ends for as particularly, the, I would say the last year before I left. And, um, you know, in 2014, I, I started to focus, I was in real estate full time. Um, you know, I flipped a dozen properties in my first year. I did really well, but, um, you know, then I started to shift into apartment buildings in 2015. And that's where like, like up to that point, I had been generating cash flow that came from my real estate ass assets that allowed me to quit my job and do other things. And then my, you know, my net worth really jumped when I started to invest in apartment buildings, because then I could refinance those apartment buildings, recapture the equity, and then also uh, reinvest that into new buildings and also continue to cash flow. So, you know, it, it, it's definitely uh, like I would highly recommend everybody to invest in real estate, not just your personal residence, but invest in real estate to, to gain you know, uh, in, in a property that is cash flow positive, okay, that can carry itself and in, in a market that has appreciation, right? You can do both. You don't have to have one or the other, right? And I think by doing that, you get the double-edged benefit of, you know, having cash flow, being able to quit your job, um, you know, and, uh, and then continue to, to grow your, your net worth with the, you know, the appreciation side. Um, in that um, in that planner, I don't, you have I know you have it, but on page twenty four, yeah. there's an example of like sources of income per month, and what happens is if if you look at that chart on page twenty four, most people when when you put all your sources of as, of income per month, most people if they have like their salary or hourly wage, that's the most that they make in a month, right? And they're not worried about monthly cash flow after expenses or business profits or interest income or any of those things, right? But one, one of the things that I learned is that if I can cross off one of those income sources, all of a sudden I'm in the power position. So what I ended up doing in 2014 is I just crossed off my salary and the other sources of income made up for that. 
and I was able to to move away from you know being a, a you know a teacher and, and then you know being able to uh, you know utilize the income that I had generated from other sources, right? And and as I I went along, I you know I developed more sources of income, right? I I uh, published books, uh, but you never. <laughs> Unless you have a bestseller, you're, you're never going to retire off yeah. of your, your book income. But, you know, it, for me, one of the things that I've, I've learned is that, like, you can make so much money, right? You can have so much net worth. You can even pass it along. But with the books, they're like artifacts of your life. They, that, that they're still going to be there when you're not there, right? And for me, like, the books are like a roadmap for my kids, to, to kind of say, this is what I did. And, you know, this is what you can do too. And it's, it's, it's a little different than just like giving them ones and zeros, right? It's, yeah. you know, creating that mindset that, that, you know, they can go on and teach their children as well. And so that's, you know, that's, it's something kind of powerful and different, but again, it can be a, like a little income stream. And then I, I, uh, I run a real estate club in, in the Durham region and, you know, people have a membership in that. And, you know, I used to do coaching. I don't do that anymore. Right. That's why I have this book. So like they all create different income streams, but the power that you have is that when you can cross off one of those streams and then continue to live your life, you know, then, then you're really crushing it. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Let me read off a couple of them. I have the page open. And for those listening, don't have the privilege of, of the visual. You've got your salary and hourly income, right? Which would be a W2, 1099, whatever it may be. You've got business profits and it could be different ventures. It could be, it could be real estate or otherwise it could be residuals, interest income. You know, it could be banking. It could be CDs. It could be stocks, dividends, um, pensions and benefits. If you're of that age, uh, <laughs> of that age criteria, dividend earnings and sale of assets, right? So a couple of them, and I think I remember reading somewhere that the average millionaire had between three and five sources of income, not one, right? They don't rely on a W-2. They don't rely on on just stocks. They don't rely on just real estate. You want to diversify some. So that's an important point. I want to to go back a couple of minutes. I think one thing you said that stuck with me, and I want to expand on that. You talked about the concept of scale, which I know is, I believe is very, very important. What we see a lot of times, we being myself and my peers and partners is, you know, a lot of people will take the first step of like buying a single family long-term rental or short-term rental or duplex. But you mentioned being stuck in that kind of holding pattern for four years. A lot of people, you know, I got a slow start. I was, I've been in real estate for 14, 15 years now and a lot of long-term rental stuff, taking baby steps. What would be your advice to scale more quickly? Is it just, is it a comfort thing or what's your, what's your advice there? So what I would say is that you have to move out of the mindset that, you know, that you're going to do it all yourself, Yeah. which is what, what a lot of people start off with, especially if you're doing single family homes, uh, like I was doing duplex conversions, uh, doing additions, things like that, but staying in that one to four unit space, which is a residential space. Um, and then when I, I, I was taking on partners, so that helped a lot. So in 2009, people were seeing what I was doing and they wanted to invest. Basically, they would put up the funds and do the mortgages. And then I would run the deals and, and you know, hold on to the accounts and calculate the returns and that sort of thing. But adding the partnership piece to it, knowing that I didn't have to just do it by myself, gave me the ability to scale. And by giving me the ability to scale, all of a sudden, it wasn't about how many dollars I had. 
it, it, it was based on the number of opportunities out there that I could acquire. And I was only limited by, you know, for me, my limit now is uh, finding the, the deals that make the most sense yeah. for me to be able to access. It's not about the number of dollars that I can raise. And, you know, at the beginning, it was like that. But then as I developed you know, the no like and trust factor of my, my partners that really gave me the ability to scale and allowed me to get into apartment buildings. Right. And then instead of raising, you know, a hundred or 150, you know, thousand to do like one project, uh, now I'm raising like, you know, $9 million to, to acquire a, a larger asset. So, it, you know, it just depends on, on what you want to do and, and, and the people you know, that you're working with, you know, that that helps you to scale and shifts you from that, you know, one to four unit space into whatever you want, right? Maybe it is to continue in that space just to do a larger scale or a lot more of it. And can you imagine if you're not limited, limited by like money to be able to purchase assets, how many you could actually purchase? And then you're like, for me, I'm, I'm earning 50% on all the cash flow, right? So, you know, all of a sudden I've got all of these assets that are generating, you know, cash flow for me. And, and then I'm able to, to own that. Now, the, in the, like in the larger apartment buildings, I'll own closer to 25% of the equity and cash flow. But still, yeah. I mean, you know, that's, that's a significant uh, amount <laughs> of a portfolio, right? You know, like one of that, that last asset that we acquired, I mean, it, it pulls in 230K a month right in in uh, in rents our rent roll right so you know that's a it's a huge asset and um you know it, it'll do well over time for sure but but again i'm not putting in all the funds to I, i'm putting skin in the game but i'm not putting in all the funds ne necessary to to purchase that asset right yeah that's what it's all about and a lot of people i think are turned off by thinking hey i'll have such a small percentage of a big pie it won't really matter but they add up over time like you said you get into the not single digits, but triple digits, maybe even four digits of, of units, uh, a 10 or five or 20% stake really kind of helps down the line. If you can commit to doing a couple of those a year, it really starts to accumulate for sure. So yeah, absolutely. Well, I think the one thing you have to be careful of though, like a lot of the time in, in the U S syndication is very, uh, prominent, like, uh, prevalent, Whereas in, in Canada, the, it's not as it's not the same. But what mm -hmm. I find is that like the GP structure in um, in some of the syndication I, I see, you have like maybe a 20 percent GP, um, you know, and then 80 percent for the investors. But the problem is, is that 20 percent of the GP is made up of like four, four GPs. Yeah. And all of a sudden they have 5% each. And, you know, the, the only way that they're actually uh, making money is off of the asset management fee uh, or, you know, some of the other fees, maybe the acquisition fee. And, you know, it's just, it doesn't make sense. Right. And yeah. so you have to be careful. Like I've seen, you know, people involved in a GP and all of a sudden they have like a 2% or 1% ownership. It like, uh, it, it's about diminishing the amount of time that you can commit to a deal to make it work is, is also really important. Um, and then what you're able to deliver to the people that you've, you know, you've talked to or promised or raised money from. Right. So for me, 
like my partners are happy that I am have such a large equity stake because they know that the returns that I'm going to give them are also the returns that I'm going to get back too. Right. So that you know, and um, and then my past performance, well, you know, helps to to give them confidence because I've taken so many deals full cycle. Right. I've been through the you know the process quite a few times, so they 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 can see that. Yeah, that's that's huge. So let's shift gears a bit. Let's talk about your book again. <clears throat> so I've got I've got it open again. One of the things I like about this, and I've read, I'll be honest, I don't know, 30, 40, 50, 60 books around real estate multifamily. I don't know. I've read one every month or two for the last several years, right? What I like about yours, and I think what sets it apart is it's it's very little of fluff, right? There's a lot of there's a there's a nugget, there's a few chapters of strategy, and it's all about action planning, action planning. You've got templates, you've got it's almost like a workbook. You're thinking back to like grade school, high school, where you're like, all right, what are we doing quarterly? What are we doing monthly? What are we doing daily? So it kind of drags you by the ear through, hey, let me get let me get close on your strategy, your why, why you're going after this. What are you going? Why are you, what are you going after specifically? Who's going to help you? And then, all right, what are you doing day by day, month by month, quarter by quarter? I think that's really great. What kind of what led you to developing this concept? Well, I, I've been through a lot of different coaching programs over the years. I've been I've probably spent like twenty to twenty-five thousand dollars a year for the last ten years on investing in myself, in different programs. So, like Dan Sullivan's Strategic Coach Program, uh, Pro Coach Program. I'm, I am a current member of the Entrepreneur Organization, um, which is a, like a global nonprofit. But again, like high-level people that I'm I'm working with. And what I did was I took a lot of what I was learning and. I put it into my own templates um, in the, uh, what I did was 10 year planning. So I, every three years I go back and look at my 10 year goals and I do 10 year planning. I do three year planning and then I do quarterly plans. Okay. And so my quarterly plans are 90 days and the goal is to get me to my three year goal. So what ends up happening is I achieve a lot of my three-year goals in a lot shorter amount of time than most people get their annual goals done. And I've been doing that since um, about, I would say, 2013, 2014, when I started to um, spend more time and being a a self-directed kind of entrepreneur on my own, right? Um, There's been a lot of, uh, uh, you know, changes to the template but that's what I did and and mm. I, I used to coach people right so I had 12 people in a group coaching program I used to charge like $750 a month for that I had one-on-one clients that I charged you know $1,500 a month I had four or five of them and just like I did to my job in 2014 in January this year I went like this and I crossed off the the coaching income didn't like I, I felt like I was I had a job again. And so I, I had to get rid of it. But funny enough, I, I did that and I doubled my portfolio size this year, right? Because I focused, refocused on just increasing the size of my real estate portfolio. And that's that's really what I focused on. So the book were all the my the the elements of the coaching program that I used. I put it in there and I just made it available to everybody. <laughs> and yeah. so, so those are all the templates you see. They're all related to real estate. Like, like your quarterly goals, we have finding funding and financing goals. We, we, I've always do a quarterly challenge and a quarterly challenge is like um, something that makes you feel uncomfortable. Like you're in a roller coaster ride, but not like dangerous. Like you're going to fly off the roller coaster. Yeah. Ride. Sure. So, 
And, and that's the feeling you want to get for a quarterly challenge. So every quarter I have a challenge for myself. Sometimes they're health related. Sometimes they're not business related, but they're, they're all part of the template. I, I um, set tasks that I want to delegate that quarter, um, systems and processes that I'm working on in, in a quarter, um, some of the personal development that I'm doing, and also centers of influence that I'm working on. So people who are going to help me this quarter to achieve those three goals that I set out for myself for the quarter. I do that. I've been doing that forever, like that, that, yeah. the same sort of process. And then I have a weekly plan that sits right beside my desk and I, I do it on Sunday night or Monday morning and I plan out my week. What are the three things that I need to do this week to feel accomplished in my real estate business? And then I have um, an activity, which is uh, eat that frog, which is basically, you know, the, the activity that makes me the most comfortable, uncomfortable this week. And then I do it at like in the morning on Monday. It's the first thing I do, but I set it as, set it as what, what to do on Sunday night. Then I have for my weekly um, finding funding and financing goals. Every week I work on that and that ties into my quarterly goal. And then um, again, things I want to delegate. I always want to celebrate every week, like celebrate life in some way. Um, and then also uh, which center of influence from my quarterly plan am I planning to connect with this week? Actually, like a specific name of a person. That's a lot of structure. How clearly what you're doing is working. And uh, I, again, I liked what was out there. So that for those listening, they're like, okay, cool. This sounds great. How do we find out more about your book? How do we get in contact with you? And how do we, what's the next step? Well, you can uh, go to actiontakerrealestateplanner.com and you can download the first chapter or you can go to Amazon, look up um, the real, the action taker real estate investing planner or look up my name, Quentin D'Souza that like I've got my books there. You can connect with me on Instagram at Qman REI uh, or Twitter. Um, or you can, <laughs> yeah. If you want to email me, you can email me at uh, Quentin at getrealwealthy.com. And that's, those are the ways to, to connect with me. That's the easiest way. And I'm always happy to help like um, connect with people to get them in, excited about investing in real estate. I think it's a great um, asset class to be in for the long term. And I think everybody should have it as part of, you know, what they're doing to create wealth and create cash flow. Uh, I mean, I, like my, my life has changed so much because of investing in real estate and having the cash flow that that's there. And, you know, from where we started, like when I quit my job, I had $5,000 a month in cash flow. And I thought that was like amazing. I was like, Whoa, yeah. this is awesome. And then, I, you know, I met with a friend of mine and he's like, remember that time when you said 5,000 a month, that was amazing. I'm like, yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, you got to start somewhere. Yeah, that's right. You know, and it's all about perspective and, and how things change. Right. You know, I asked my son, how much is uh, my uh, youngest son? How much is a lot of money? And he said a hundred dollars. Yeah, of course. Right. It's all yeah. perspective. for him. Awesome. hundred dollars. Right. So things change over time. <laughs> they sure do. So again, thanks so much for joining us, man. Um, we got, we got lots of contact options for you. So for those listening, I mean, the book's an awesome option, maybe an alternative to coaching. If you're considering that it's a great jumpstart and in, in to get things done. So again, thanks for joining. Appreciate your perspective and all your experience. Thanks, Ben. Oh, no problem. Thanks for listening in with us for another episode of the crushing cash flow podcast. 
we have a small favor to ask of all of our listeners. Please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Each subscription and rating will help us massively toward our goal of helping reach as many listeners as possible each week. Thank you very much once again for listening. We're thrilled to have you with us as part of this journey, and we can't wait to share more of these stories with you. Stay tuned for much more to come.